Well, good morning and welcome back. Thank you for joining me today. Stick around to the end of this live stream. I'm going to teach you how to access heavenly realms. You know, God intended for Christians to actually have access to the heavenly realms. That there's multiple realms. There's the natural realm, the soulish realm, and the spirit realm. Well, Christians don't operate on the natural realm like everyone else does. And we don't operate in the soulish realm, or at least we're not supposed to. Many Christians do. They get stuck operating in the soulish realm. But we actually have been given access by the blood of Jesus to operate in the spirit realm. I want you to type in the comments with me right now. Type, I will operate in the spirit realm. And as you're jumping on, give this video a thumbs up and send it to somebody that needs to learn how to operate in the spirit realm. This is going to be a little bit deeper of a teaching, but uh, I believe we got people that can handle it. Keep liking this. Keep sharing it. Keep sending it out to people. If you're taking notes with me today, pay close attention. This teaching will change your life. When you're born into this world, you're born operating in the natural realm. There's three realms. The natural realm, the soulish realm, and the spirit realm. Now there's dimensions within these realms. But in the natural realm, you're born coming right out of your mother's womb, knowing how to operate in natural wisdom. And if you missed yesterday's live stream, go watch it where I covered the three wisdom secrets out of the Bible that will change your life. So when you're born into the natural realm, you learn how to, or you naturally operate in natural wisdom. You know how to eat, you know how to sleep, you know how to uh, excrete waste, and you know how to procreate. Those are the four dimensions of natural wisdom. Then there's the soulish realm. So what happens is people get into philosophy or they get into what the Bible calls man's wisdom, which is worldly wisdom, and they find themselves in the soulish realm. Well, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Those are the dimensions of the soulish realm. Your mind being your intellect, your uh, intelligence, your will, your ability to choose, and your emotions. Those are all the dimensions that are found in the soulish realm. This is the realm that the devil operates in. Somebody type in the comments, the devil operates in the soulish realm. Somebody said, I hate the devil. I hate the devil too. That's what I'm going to teach you. When you learn what I'm going to teach you today, it will teach you how to operate above the soulish realm. Non-Christians operate in the natural realm. Philosophical people, non-born-again people, people that, that learn some spiritual truths but don't have Jesus in their heart, operate in the soulish realm. As well as people that serve the devil. Witch doctors. Witches. They operate in the soulish realm. In the mind, the will, and the emotions. A curse and a blessing are spiritual, but they control the soul. So a curse, 
a curse gets into somebody's mind. It's a, it's a seed that gets into the soulish realm that causes someone to think a certain way, which creates a pattern of behavior that eventually leads them to a destination of uh, the final result of that curse. So when somebody curses you from the spirit realm, like a witch doctor, witch doctors and witches, they, they operate in curses. When they curse people, what happens is it actually creates a pattern birthed out of the spirit realm that attacks somebody's soul. It oppresses them. That's why the Bible says in Acts 10.38, Jesus was not only anointed with the Holy Ghost and power to go around doing good, but to heal all that were oppressed by the devil. So the devil will oppress your spirit man. He cannot own your spirit, but he can oppress your soul, which will hinder your spiritual life. That's the soulish realm. But we operate in the spirit realm. Somebody type in the comments, I operate in the spirit realm. Natural people, animals, beasts, barbarians operate in the natural. The devil, demons, operate in the soul. Although they are spiritual, they operate in the soulish realm. That's where they attack humans. We operate from the spirit realm. As spiritual people in Christ. Now again, like I said, this is going to be a deeper teaching, but that's all right. We got people that can handle it on here. Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning they are not soulish, but they are mighty in God through God for the pulling down of strongholds. When you learn how to operate seated with Jesus in heavenly places, you are far above every power, every principality, every dominion, and every wicked spirit in high places. We are seated far above. We are seated in the heavenly realms, in the spirit realms, not in the soulish realms. Therefore, as you take your position in Christ, you uproot, you overthrow, you destroy, you plant, and you build. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1 in the Old Testament. Good morning, Amber. Good morning, Kiernan. Make sure as you're jumping on, you're giving this video a thumbs up and you're sending it to people. People need to know how to operate in heavenly realms. We don't operate like everybody else. Jeremiah chapter 1. This is what the Lord told the prophet Jeremiah. This is how a spiritual person is to operate. Verse 9, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day appointed you to oversight the nations and of the kingdoms to root out, pull down, destroy, and to overthrow, to build, and to plant. These are the five facets of operating in the spirit realm. When you operate as a spiritual person, you are anointed with God's word by his Holy Spirit to do these five things. Root out, pull down, destroy, overthrow, build, and plant. Six total, I suppose. 
Notice how it says, I've set you over the nations and the kingdoms. Nations is worldly speech or natural speech. Kingdoms is spiritual talk. So what God is telling Jeremiah here is not only as a prophet have I set you over nations and kings and presidents will come and they will seek out your advice. They'll seek out your guidance. They'll seek out your blessing. But I've also set you over the kingdoms. Well, the kingdoms are in the spirit realm. There are princes, principalities, dominions, wicked powers in the heavenly realms in demonic kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God Jesus made a reference for and the kingdom of darkness. So as a prophet of God, as someone who operates in the spirit realm, you've been given authority not only over natural nations, but over spiritual kingdoms by the Holy Ghost. And you're anointed to root out sickness, root out disease, root out infirmity, pull down strongholds. Like Paul said, pull down principalities, pull down demonic forces in the heavenly realms to destroy the plan of the devil, destroy his strategy, destroy his kingdom, to overthrow cities that are taken over by the devil. Think about places like Las Vegas. Think about the red light district in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Think about places where the drug cartel, human trafficking, pedophilia, cities that you can see the devil has taken over. As a man or a woman of God, you're anointed in the heavenly realms to overthrow those cities. That's why you see men of God that go into cities and they host crusades. They host revival. What does revival do? It throws out principalities. It pulls down the stronghold in that area, binds the strong man, and it plunders his house. Somebody type in the comments, I will plunder the devil all the days of my life. Jesus said, how can somebody plunder the strong man if he is not bound first? Principalities, strongholds, demonic forces that are over cities, over regions, and over nations come from the soulish realm where people give them power. For example, you come from places where they say, well, brother, you know, there's a, a principality of religion here. The principality over Ruston, Louisiana. It's Baptist. <laughs> A Baptist principality over the 71270 zip code. We've been fighting this principality for years. People don't understand there's a way to take down principalities. There's a way to drive out demonic forces. Principalities that are birthed by the thinking patterns in the soulish realm of men are easily shriveled and killed when you correct people's thinking. When you close the door. For example, think about how, how demonic forces work. Anything in the spirit realm, in the, in the soulish realm and in the spirit realm, are strengthened by belief systems. For example, how does the devil gain power from people? 
from fear. If the devil can get you afraid, demons feed on fear. Think about scary movies. Everything about the devil is, is an attempt to be fearful, to get people afraid. If the devil can get you afraid and get you thinking in your mind that he has power over you, you yourself will, will give a principality an open door to rule and reign in your life. But quite the contrary. When you know that you have authority and power and dominion in Christ, and you know that the devil has no power over you, when you speak to a devil, they will shrivel and they will flee from you because they feed on fear. God feeds on faith. The devil feeds on fear. But when you operate in the heavenly realms, you're anointed to do those six things. Root out wrong thinking. The Bible says, be ye transformed. Be renewed in your mind. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You renew your belief system with God's word. And then you become the principality anywhere that you go. The Bible says Jesus is the head over the church, but God's glory and God's inexpressible power is put on display through the church. Everywhere I go, I am the principality. No demon, no Beelzebub, no Leviathan spirit, no Jezebel spirit. Anywhere I go, I am the principality there. Because it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Jesus is the principality in my life. He is the king of kings. Every spiritual king. He's the Lord of lords. He is the principality all over the universe. Who fills all things in all. And he lives in me. And he lives in you. Somebody type in the comments, I have... Jesus living in me. I'm the principality. So here's the thing. I could teach you faith. I could teach you how to believe. I could teach you how to confess. I could teach you how to act on the word, which I do. But I'm also trying to teach you today how to understand the way that the heavenly realms operate. There's a system in the spirit realm. There are ways that God operates. So you must know how the spirit realm operates to operate in the spirit realm. Enoch knew how to operate in the spirit at such a degree that God just took him. He slipped from, <laughs> he slipped from the natural realm into the heavenly realm and never came back. That's how close he walked to God in the spirit. So you learn how these things operate. And when you have revelation of how the spirit realm operates, then... You learn how to operate in the spirit realm. You know what your believing does. You know what your confessing does. You know what your acting does. You learn how to work with angels. You learn how to work the word. You learn how to uproot, overthrow, destroy, build, and plant. You learn how to operate as a principality. And nothing by any means shall harm you. So how do we operate in the spirit realm? How do we access deeper realms? This is how you access deeper realms. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. 
verses 19 and 20. I was just talking to my friend. I, I won't say his name just because I, I don't want to like, well, I mean, it's not like we were saying anything bad. We were just spitting the truth. Here's what happens. A lot of people get caught up in deliverance ministry, which I have many friends that operate in deliverance ministry. But what happens is that they go, they get delivered, and then they're never taught how to reign and rule in life through Jesus Christ. So they go from one deliverance meeting to another deliverance meeting, getting delivered of something they've been struggling with generationally for 400 years or whatever. And then they come and they say, this is the principality that's been ruling over my life since my father's father and his father before him. And then they, they go through deliverance. <laughs> and then they come back a week later and they say, it came back. Or I'm just partially delivered. There was one guy in Iowa. Hopefully he's not watching this. There's a good chance he'll get offended. But uh, there was one guy in Iowa that we were praying for him. And as we were praying for him, he manifested a demon. Like I literally watched him grow three inches taller when I prayed for him. I'm not even kidding. He like growled. I saw his eyes change and he literally grew three inches taller as we prayed for him. I was like, whoa. And uh, we cast the devil out. Good morning, Cato. We cast the devil out. And when we cast the devil out, he was all better. You could feel the demonic presence leave the room. We prayed for him to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then a week later, I talked to him. I'm like, man, it's so good to see you. How are you feeling since you got delivered? <laughs> Caden. I said, how are you feeling since you got delivered? And he said, well, you know, I, I'm still going through deliverance. I think part of it's gone, but I think some of it is still with me. And he, he like was in denial that he had gotten delivered of a demonic spirit. Like I was there. I cast it out. I watched it leave him. But then he comes back a week later and says he's going through deliverance. I'm still going through deliverance, brother. How long did it take for Jesus to bind legion and cast them out? A legion is anywhere from two to 4,000 demons. We are legion. If Jesus could cast out 4,000 demons in a moment, <clears throat> your one demon is gone. But the, here's the problem. So many people, when they get caught up in, in deliverance or whatever, they take on this victim mentality that the only spiritual experience that they have is when they go through deliverance, which is great. One-third of Jesus' ministry was deliverance. One-third of every healing and deliverance and raising from the dead and everything that he did was demonically inspired. One-third of Jesus' ministry was dealing with demonic spirits. It's a very real thing. But falling victim to being stuck in that mindset is also a very real thing. Once you've been delivered and you're set free, the Bible says you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's glorious son, the kingdom of light. So you've got to get out of that mindset and understand that you've been delivered, you've been set free, you've been healed, and now you are seated with Jesus in heavenly places and you are meant to rule in this life as a king. Not as a victim, not as somebody that has a demon this week, gets free next week, has a demon the next week. No. 
You're not going through a process of deliverance. Get delivered and be transformed in the renewing of your mind. If every time I come on here and pray for you and you're typing in my comments, I'm yawning, I'm puking, I'm coughing. It better happen once and then never happen again. Get free, be renewed, listen to these teachings. Get God's word in your mind and be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can rule in this life and not be ruled over in this life. That's my job. That's why I come on here and I teach you these deep things. No demonic spirit should have rule and reign over your soulish realm. God gave you a mind. He didn't give it to the devil. He gave you a soul. He gave you a mind. He gave you a will. He gave you emotions so that you can tap into the power of the mind. Do you know what the most powerful thing in creation is? It's the soul. That's why God and the devil fight for it on a constant basis. The most powerful thing God ever created is the human soul. He is spirit. He didn't have to create spirit. He just is spirit. Every time he breathes, he breathes life. But the most intricate and powerful thing that we know today that God's created is the human soul. So if you can learn how to operate, how to control, how to renew, how to empower your human soul, you become unstoppable by the grace of God. And you rule and reign in life as a king. Somebody type in the comments, I will be renewed in my mind. Dang, we're getting deep today. I hope people are liking this. Glory to God. All right. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Look at this. Therefore, brethren, since we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the Holy of Holies by the power and virtue and the blood of Jesus... By this fresh and new living way, which he initiated and dedicated and opened to us through the separating curtain, the veil of the Holy of Holies, that is through his flesh. Somebody type in the comments, the flesh is a veil. So in Hebrews, they likened the flesh to a veil. That when Jesus died for us, he split the veil that entered into the Holy of Holies so that we now have access to the presence of God. But the reason why the flesh was used here was to explain to you that your flesh is a veil that holds you back from heavenly realms. In order to get the glory of God, which is deposited in your spirit man out of you, you must crucify the flesh. You must tear the veil through prayer and through fasting. Your prayer life, your fasting life, this splits the veil that releases the glory of God, which is in your spirit, man, into the natural realm. So prayer and fasting access heavenly realms. I'll give you some examples. When you fast, you crucify the flesh. When you pray, you lift your spirit, man, over the flesh and over your soul. That's why you see when Daniel in the Old Testament, I don't know why I'm holding it. I'm holding this like marker that I don't even know. Just getting into the spirit. Glory to God. When Daniel in the Old Testament was fasting and praying because he needed an answer from God, who appeared to him? Gabriel, an angelic encounter. When you fast and pray, it thins the veil between the spirit realm and the natural realm. And you now have access 
to heavenly realms. You will experience angelic encounters. Remember, you only get, this is, write this quote down. Somebody should write this quote down and post it on Instagram because this will change your life. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. You must know it is the will of God for you to encounter angels, encounter the heavenly realms, and encounter God in spiritual ways. When you have revelation of that, then your faith will begin to work. So when your faith begins to work, when you're praying and when you're fasting and you have revelation, now you will have access to angelic encounters. How many of you have ever prayed and fasted and said, I believe an angel is going to show up today? Probably none of you. But now when you believe God that when Daniel prayed and fasted, an angel came to him. When Peter was praying and fasting, an angel came to him and told him to go to Cornelius' house. When Jesus had finished 40 days of prayer and fasting, angels came to minister to him. When Joshua and Moses had prayed and fasted for 40 days, they were taken into the presence of God. When Elijah fasted, an angel came to him and cooked for him. Fasting and prayer always leads to a supernatural encounter with God, with the angelic realm, and with God himself. A great man of God named A.A. Allen, a man of miracles. He locked himself in a closet and he said, I'm going to fast and pray until Jesus appears to me and teaches me how to have a miracle ministry. Well, three days of fasting and prayer locked himself in that closet. Jesus appeared to him in an open vision and told him 13 things that he had to change in order to have a miracle ministry. And his miracle ministry shook the planet. People still talk about it to this day. When you put a demand on a spiritual encounter with God, your prayer and your fasting will demand encounters. Somebody type in the comments, I will have an encounter. So your prayer and your fasting thins the veil of the flesh and opens your spiritual eyes. It enlightens you to the heavenly realms. And praying in tongues. And wait to the end of this because I'm going to pray for God to give you an encounter. The first time I fasted and prayed for 24 hours, I locked myself in my apartment. I had never done a 24-hour fast with no food before. I fasted and prayed for 24 hours, and I heard the audible voice of God. And he, I won't tell you what he said to me, but he spoke to me. And as I was sitting on my couch, I felt in my spirit to start praying in tongues. So I started praying in tongues and I closed my eyes like this. And I just lifted my hands up like this and began to praise the Lord in tongues. And I just started praying in tongues. As I began to pray in tongues with my hands lifted, the brightest light I've ever seen entered into my room. And the glory of God filled my room. It was so bright and so glorious, I couldn't open my eyes. Even through my eyelids. I had to turn my face away because it was so bright and so glorious. The first time I had ever prayed and fasted for 24 hours. And I've had multiple encounters like that ever since. I tell you this because it should be normal for Christians to have encounters like this with God. Don't lose your hunger. Don't lose your thirst. Don't lose your passion for God. And move up higher.
in Jesus' name, I believe you'll have an encounter with God. So you pray in tongues. Jude verse 20 says, praying always, building yourselves up, praying always in the Holy Ghost. So you build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying always in the Holy Ghost. As you pray in the Spirit, you build up your faith. And it opens the door to the supernatural for you. Revelation chapter 1, go with me there, and then I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God sends you a supernatural encounter. And I'm going to start teaching. January 2nd, we're going to start 21 days of prayer and fasting. To start off the new year. To consecrate it to God. And I want you to join me. I want you to join us in 21 days of fasting and prayer. You can do a choice fast. You can do 21 days where you just do one meal a day. For me, that's what I'm going to do. Some people do no food for 21 days. Some people do a Daniel fast for 21 days. I don't recommend that. If you do do a Daniel fast, don't gain weight on your Daniel fast. If you've gained weight on a fast, you've done it wrong. We call that a Daniel diet. So if you do a Daniel fast, don't gain weight on your fast. Make sure that you're actually stretching yourself. Or you can do it the Hebrew way, where they would fast from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I'm going to do one meal a day. But you pray and ask the Lord, and however you're led, you do it that way. That's right, Jasmine, the, the Daniel diet. All right, listen to this. This is the amplified version. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. I was in the spirit. Amplified says this in brackets. Wrapped in his power on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a great voice like the calling of a war trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Write promptly what you see in your vision in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. So John the Beloved on the island of Patmos said as he was praying, he was wrapped in the power of God's Spirit. Not wrapped, W-R-A-P-P-E-D, wrapped like a wrapping paper. R-A-P-T is the wrapped. It's the same word we use for rapture. As he was praying, he was wrapped in the Spirit of God into the spirit realm. And he was taken into an open vision. When you pray and when you fast and you get wrapped in God's Spirit, like my pastor says, he taught last night, being saturated in the Holy Ghost. When you are saturated in the Holy Ghost, you will have spiritual encounters. So John said, I was wrapped in the Spirit's power. As he was praying, he was taken into an open vision in the spirit realm. You can have those encounters. God is no respecter of persons. Daniel, Elijah, Moses, Joshua, Jesus, the apostles, every prophet just about, every single person that has given, been given access to God, which is Christians, have the ability to encounter God in the spirit realm. I believe after this teaching, you will have supernatural encounters 
in Jesus' mighty name. Before I pray for you, I want to teach you one of the most powerful ways to have an encounter with God that will change your life. The Bible says that there's things that we do that go up as a sweet fragrance to God. In Revelation, the Bible says that the prayers of the saints go up to the Lord and they're kept in bowls as sweet fragrances. But another aspect, another smell that God really enjoys is sacrificial giving. Paul told multiple churches in the New Testament, he said, your offerings have gone up as a sweet, savory fragrance to the Lord. Did you know that when you give offerings, it is a sweet aroma to God that attracts God's presence to your life? It's a sweet aroma of, that goes up to God that enhances the supernatural encounters in your life. It attracts God's power. It attracts God. God, it's a sweet-smelling fragrance that he says, Whoa, that person is a sacrificer. They give generous giving. They are a generous person. And it goes up as a sweet aroma. And he's attracted to that sweet aroma. I'll give you an example. Solomon. In the Old Testament, everyone else was giving seven bowls during offerings so everyone else like you go to church a lot of people will slip a one dollar bill in the offering a five dollar bill in the offering maybe you'll get one or two people that slip a 50 sometimes you'll get a, a wealthy businessman that slips a hundred but solomon saw these people giving seven bowls as a sacrifice and he said i need an encounter with god I'm going to give a thousand bowls. I'm going to give a thousand bowls. Everyone else was giving seven. He said, I'm giving a thousand bowls. When he gave a thousand bowls in that offering, less than 24 hours later, he had a supernatural encounter with God. God appeared to him in a dream and he said, ask me for whatever you want and I will do it for you. And he said, I want wisdom to lead your people. And God said, because you asked for wisdom, I'll give you wisdom, honor, and riches. Hallelujah. Your offering attracts God. Somebody type in the comments, my offering attracts God. Every time you give offerings, it goes up as a sweet fragrance to God and it attracts God. But God doesn't like stingy offerings. That's why Paul wrote 2 Corinthians chapter 9. When he said, anyone that gives stingily will reap stingily. But those that give abundantly will reap abundantly. And God cannot do without a joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in their giving. And God pours out special favor. God pours out special power. God pours out special encounters on those that know how to give sacrificially. So I'm going to pray for you to have an encounter with God. But before I pray, I want to give you an opportunity to act on your faith. If you've been blessed by this live stream, which I know many of you have, and you've been blessed by this ministry, here's the different ways that you can connect your finances to this ministry. 
Currently, we feed 1,500 kids each and every single month in other countries. This is a handwritten letter by them thanking you for your giving. We have about a dozen other ministries that we give to on a monthly basis, and we're reaching millions of people with the gospel. But this is what I want you to do. For people that give today, whether you're watching this live or after this is posted, this will work for you. There's no time in the spirit. Even if you're listening on podcasts right now, you can give and act on your faith. There is no time in the spirit. The same faith that's working in you right now will work for you wherever you're at, whatever time it is, whatever day it is. But put a demand on your sacrificial giving today. Give an offering that will move the heart of God and contend for an encounter with God. And watch what God will do. He is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, a man reaps. John said, I've been blessed by this ministry. And we've been blessed by you, John. We love you. The different ways that you can give are on your screen. Cash app is dollar sign Revival Way. Venmo is at Revival Way. PayPal is at Revival Way. Or you can give on our website, RevivalWay.com. And you can click Partner Financially today. There's a link in the chat for you right now. You can click that link. It'll take you right to it. If you're not already a financial partner with our ministry on a monthly basis, I strongly encourage you, pray and ask the Lord if He would have you become a monthly partner. Some people give $50 a month. Some people give $100 a month. Some people give more. I'm believing God for 1,000 people to partner with us at $84 a month or more. You can also give through Super Chat down in the comments below. And thank you for your giving. I'm going to give shout-outs to people that have been giving because they've been a blessing. And I want to give honor where honor is due. As you give today, put a demand on your giving. Courtney Kirkland, thank you for your giving. Ruben, thank you for your giving. Carlos, thank you for your giving. Donna Henderson, thank you for your giving. Christine, thank you for your giving. Simon, thank you for your giving. Amirani, I hope I didn't butcher that. Thank you for your giving. These are people I'm catching up. Shauna, thank you for your giving. Mark Taylor, thank you for your giving. Maddie Peck, or Pack, thank you for your giving. Derek, thank you for your giving. Mary Walker, and many more. I just want to honor those that have been giving. And I know we have a lot of generous people. And we're very thankful for your giving today. Believe God for major breakthrough in your life. And I'm going to pray that you receive a supernatural encounter and a supernatural turnaround and a supernatural breakthrough in Jesus' mighty name. Let me pray for you right now. Wherever you're at, those of you that are sowing seed, I see people giving in the comments right now. Cami, Liz, Iceman I think gave as well. Wherever you're at, I want you to hold your hands up toward heaven, and I'm going to bless you. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, every person that gives today under the sound of my voice, bless them, increase them, multiply them. Every seed sown today, I decree favor over it. Angels of supernatural acceleration and favor, go and cause the word to work and cause the harvest to come in Jesus' name. I touch an agreement for whatever they're believing for according to your word. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
I believe God's going to send 30 separate people or more that will sow $1,000 into this ministry. We're upgrading our studio. We're making major upgrades. We're giving more than we've ever given. We're helping to build the church here at Faith Church, and I believe God gives seed to the sower. So as you sow into this ministry, we thank you for it ahead of time. If you're one of those people that God's speaking to, I encourage you, act on the voice of the Lord. You will not regret it. I love you. Do not forget to join me tonight at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're going to be going live with my friend, Evangelist TJ Makanji, and I'm very excited. We're going to talk about how to make 2023 your best year yet. You do not want to miss it. Join us tonight. It's going to be awesome, and I'll see you later. Adios. Jonathan Shuttlesworth with you in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you feel called into the ministry, we just launched Revival Today Bible Institute. Had our first in incoming class, and we're about to do another intake. It's $2,000 for the entire year. We're going to train them up in what they need to know in the Bible, what they need to know legally, what they need to know in the realm of economics to make impact in the ministry. If that's you, the information is on the screen right now. I'd like to hear from you. Don't put it off. I'm Jonathan Shuttlesworth. And I'm waiting for your call.